I'm Seth Day. I use he, they pronouns. I'm Crystal Sunshine. I use she, her pronouns. And I'm Rebecca Hackmeyer, and I use she, her pronouns. And And you're you're listening listening to Rad Rad Child Child Podcast. Podcast. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Way to Go and Room to Grow. Today we're talking about sex and consent uh, and some really awesome books about those topics. So without further ado, I guess we will get started. I feel like I feel like I have too many things to talk about. <laughs> um, I know I was supposed to pick one. I picked two. You're fine. <laughs> I picked two and then one that's like... I found just shocking in content. (laughs) So my very favorite resource for this topic that is pretty new is called Sex is a Funny Word by Mm -hmm. Corey Silverman and illustrated by Fiona Smith. Corey Silverberg. Sorry, Corey Silverberg and published by Triangle Square. And this book is just amazing. It's inclusive. It talks about different body shapes and um, body parts and uh, different kinds of people and different kinds of relationships. And um, it touches on just like every aspect of sex that a person needs to know about in graphic novel style. And it introduces, uh, in the very beginning, it introduces all of the characters. And so it's told kind of first person from all of the graphic novel style characters. Oh, that's neat. It's a really cool book. And it's, I think, uh, accessible to a lot of different ages. Like, I will sit down and read it with my six-year-old's certain parts. And there are certain parts that I probably wouldn't cover with him at this point. And then, then I think it's also a book that you could definitely take and just like put in your child's bedroom if they're of reading age and something Mm. that they can really just explore and glean a lot of information from in this way that's really fun but not necessarily funny it's written really conversationally it takes all of the stigma and um shame or embarrassment kind of just completely out of the picture and I feel like it's totally on point there's I think the only room to grow that I found about it was that I kind of wish that it had a small separation for ages. I wish it was Mm. a little bit easier for me as a parent who has a young child to navigate. um, What are some of these topics that are more um, kind of prevalent or would be easier for me to discuss with my young child versus questions that maybe a preteen would be grappling with? Sort of like how I know, Rebecca, you're going to talk about this later, but the um, it's not the Stork series where they have three books for three different ages. Right. Where it's like, even if it was one book, but it was like, this is maybe the basic stuff. This is the medium, st- you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's organized a little bit differently. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. But you know a book is good when the worst thing you can find about it is the organization. Really, it's inclusive. <laughs> There's like different colors of people, different abilities, different genders, different. I just really appreciate those books too, that have started to contextualize sex as not being one about conception and two Mm -hmm. not being um, gender normative. And I, 
there are starting to be more of those books, I think as well, just yeah. today, but I was so excited to find that resource. That's awesome. I've, I know of it, but I've never actually flipped through it because I'm typically working with younger kids. So in my head, I was just like, oh, it's for older kids. And I <laughs> never actually read it. Um, also being a nanny, I'm usually not the person having that talk right. with kids. Um, <laughs> lucky for me <laughs> or not, because I'm prepared to have this. I have all the tools. I'm ready. <laughs> I would definitely recommend that even though um, I think it's like slated for the slightly older, older crowd, I would definitely recommend it for even mm-hmm. kids as young as four. Um, I think it's a great tool that even Mm. children that young as a parent, you could use it as a resource to get into topics that are confusing to talk about. And then the stuff that feels like it's for older children, you just can easily kind of flip, flip around because it's not written in a, um, like a linear way. Yeah. It's not completely linear. Hmm. Well, that's something that we actually talked about in a previous episode that I thought was really interesting and like liberating is this idea that as adults, like we kind of forget sometimes that we have the power to edit books. We can just not read parts. We can skip around. We can add things. Like I just remember I was reading, I have like a classic fairy tale anthology that my mom used to read to me. And I kind of forget how problematic Mm -hmm. fairy tales are and I was reading it to one of my kids and it was Sleeping Beauty and at the end I was it was like and then she kissed him and then they got married and I was like absolutely not I was like and then they (laughs) dated for a year and they got to know each other and they decided they liked each other and then they got married like it would just like add things like that um and I think that's important to remember I, I have um I have whited out phrases in some of my, some of the books that I share with, with my child um, in order to help me to remember to just read right through it. Yeah. And I think that's something that's nice because then we don't have to say, oh, there's one thing wrong with this book. We can't read this book. It's just like, well, we can edit it or we can add things in. This book can still be valuable. Um, but we don't have to necessarily read everything that's in it if there are things that are problematic or just don't work for us. I used to host a book hacking parties where I would have people come over and bring their books that had problematic elements and we would, um, you know, take paste in pictures of Sean Dorsey, the ballerina, over the picture of the super, like, gendered version of what a princess looks like or a ballerina looks like and, and like, alter books. It ended up being more time consuming than any parent really has time to do (laughs) on a grand level, but. I love that idea. Um, Yeah, that's really, well, and that's like whenever I, I feel like think, you know, just in general, even, even still like what we're seeing is so cisnormative, heteronormative and whitewashed and all these different things that like, whenever I give examples of like, a scientist or like if I'm teaching kids about whatever, like I always go out of my way to find somebody who's not those things. So I'm like, you're getting that from somewhere. (laughs) Like I have a baby doll that I bring when I nanny and like baby doll happens to be black. And I'm like, yeah, because all these kids have white baby dolls. And I'm like, you should know that babies come in other colors. (laughs) But anyway, you had a, you had a second book, right? Um, so I have a second book just to mention real fast, which is definitely slated for the older crowd, preteens and teens, um, that I just thought would be a good resource for parents to know about and to collect for when their children get older, or if they have older children as well. 
called um, Wait, Comma, What? <laughs> which is a comic book to relationships and growing up. Um, written by Heather Corina, illustrated by Isabella Rotman, and published by Limerence Press. I think that uh, this resource re reminds me a lot of Sex is a Funny Word, but it um, feels a little bit sillier. Um, and it is written by, it's in a good way, right? It's written by um, Corina is an expert sex educator who is a founder of scarletine.com. And so she really like talks um, to teenagers and preteens in a voice that is really accessible oh, to them and in a language that feels kind of on point. So it's kind of funny, but it's not really, um, not in a flippant way. And I just thought, that, that I haven't gotten that deep into it, but it looks like a similar resource to sex is a funny word, but mm -hmm. maybe even more directly speaking to the children who are reading it. Well, I also think that it's helpful. Like for me, I typically, because I work with young, young kids, I'm not always looking, like I said, with sex is a funny word, like I'm, I'm not always uh, as a praise to the resources for older kids. So I think it's always good um to have those resources as well, because that's definitely not where my expertise is personally. Um, so thank you for sharing those. Um, so my, uh, my, cause I also picked two because I can't help myself. Um, but my first, my first choice, and this is a book that I actually stumbled upon in a library once and was like, where has this book been? How have I not heard about it? Do you ever like find a book and you're like, how has, how is it that I don't know about this book? It feels like I should know about this. <laughs> um, but it's called Tell Me About Sex, Grandma. And it's written and illustrated by Anastasia Higginbotham, who was actually on our last episode about sex. Oh, she was. Um, yeah, yeah. Really, really lovely. Yeah. Um, we were very, very fortunate to have her as a guest. Um, so, yeah, you can listen to that and hear, hear all about it. I mean, if you're here in the future with us, then you've probably already heard it. Um, <laughs> But here where we are in the past, it has not been aired yet. Um, so what I really like about this book, I mean, basically. She wrote um, a book about whiteness, right? Yes. So she uh, has a series called The Ordinary Terrible Things. And there's one called Divorce is the, I think it's Divorce is the Worst. Let me, death, one of them I think is stupid and the other one is the worst. I can never remember which one it is. <laughs> I think death is stupid and divorce is the worst, but let me look it up. We include an Anastasia Higginbotham title in one of our shipped book boxes, actually. Not My Idea is the one about whiteness. And then um, it's Death is Stupid and Divorce is the Worst. I think I was correct. And then Tell Me About Sex, Grandma. So it's four books. Um, and she also has uh, some ones for older kids coming out as well, which is super cool. But anyway, enough about her. She, she got her chance in the episode. Um, but I could talk about her for days because I really, really am a fan of her books because I feel like they're... Um, they're very like no nonsense. Uh, they don't beat around the bush about sort of serious things. But anyway, tell me about sex. Grandma is basically the whole plot of the book. It's like, you know, it's a story as opposed to a more like educational book. That's like, this is what sex is. This is this. Um, and it's basically a little kid who I didn't realize until I was reading it this morning, but is never actually gendered in the book, um, which is kind of cool. So I always read them as being a little boy, but they could certainly be any gender. Um, and they 
are curious about sex. So they go to their grandma and say, tell me about sex, grandma. Um, and grandma tells them about sex. Uh, it's basically the plot of, of the book. And um, when she finally, you know, there's a lot of different things that they talk about through this. And when she finally sort of gives her definition, which I really like the definition is, it's a thing with bodies moving. So it feels good by yourself or with someone else. So it's vague enough that it kind of covers a lot of things. Um, and also, I feel like it allows you as the grown up to go in and if you want to add more detail, add more detail, but it's certainly, it's not um, a book that is going into details about what every type of sex might look like. Um, but I feel like it's nice because it gives that sort of general open door to talk about what you want to talk about or not get into it if you, you know, if you feel like that's enough for your child where they're at. Um, and the things that I really like about my way to goes for this book are, first of all, it doesn't shame being curious about sex. I think there's a line in it that says like sex is your birthright. Um, like being curious about it is your birthright. It's like, that's, you know, you're allowed to have questions. And it also like in the beginning, the kid is sort of like, you know, looking on a phone or looking different places. And finally he goes to his grandma and it like encourages you to go to a trusted adult about it. Um, which I really liked. And then it also talks about a lot of different things. It talks about masturbation, sexuality, consent, choice in terms of you may choose to have sex and you may never choose to have sex, which I really like. It's like for asexual folks or folks who may just not want to have sex for whatever reason, that's in there. Um, and uh, also I really liked when he or when the kid finally asks the grandma about sex, the first thing that she says is, well, what do you want to know? And we were talking about in last episode how it's so important to make sure when a kid asks you a question, and especially about this kind of content, um, that you know what question the kid is asking and then you ask sort of like, oh, what do you already know? <laughs> because one of um, one of the other guests, Izzy, uh, on the last episode was telling this very fun anecdote about a time that a kid asked what sex was to their parent and the parent went in this detailed explanation of what sex was and then they said okay because mom says dinner's done in three sex so you want to make sure you know what the question is <laughs> yeah and and even when even if they were asking about sex right it's always good to know like well what do you already know what have you heard and what is your actual question about? Because that way you know what information to give them. So I appreciate that she asks a question before going into her explanation. Um, and the last thing uh, is there's also like activities in the back of the book about consent. Um, so it's like, you know your body best. And like, here are some things like, do these things give you, any of these pictures give you like a yes feeling or a no feeling? And then it even goes into like, sometimes as a kid, you don't have a choice. Like maybe like if a grown up is saying like, line up or that you have to go to bed or put your pajamas on, whatever. But it's always, it's still good to know what you want. And I like, I appreciated that conversation about consent and choice. Um, and I always love books that have like interactive parts. Um, my room to grow for this book is well one of the things is that I at least read because it's sort of done in cardboard um and the illustrations but I read the characters as people of color and the author as far as I know is not a person of color um so it's not an own voices book um so that for me uh was a little bit of maybe your you know a room to grow um and if you're looking for I think that I don't think that the intention of this book was to go into tons of detail about sex. So I don't think I don't feel like it missed a mark. I just feel like if that's the kind of book you're looking for, this isn't that book. If you're looking for um, 
a book that's more like a where did I come from kind of book. It's just not not that. Um, but anyway, so that was my, that's kind of my top pick. I just really love it. And I love that it's a storybook. I feel like a lot of the books about sex are more informative books, um, if that makes sense, like books with sort of chapters of like, well, now we're going to learn about this. Now we're going to learn about that. And so it's nice that it's a story, makes it a little more accessible to younger kids. Um, and then my second pick is called A Kid's First Book About Sex. And it is surprisingly from the 80s. Um, but it was basically, it's by uh, this author called Joni Blank. And it was illustrated by Marcia Quackenbush, which is my new favorite last name. This is the book that I wanted to discuss. Oh, I'm excited. We're going to get to discuss it. <laughs> What did you say? Because she put out, well, she put out a secondary, I think, um, I don't know if it's the same book with a different title or if it's slightly different, but she also published the playbook for kids about sex a little bit later. I'm not sure what the difference is. Oh, I don't know about that one. This book is actually no longer available, however, uh, like in print, but you can go on, um, if you go to the author's website, it's just joinyblank.com. It's J-O-A-N-I. B-L-A-N-K, and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but basically, you can just print out a PDF of it. So that's a nice free resource. Yeah. Um, so I have I have my beautiful PDF <laughs> copy. <laughs> um, but what I – there are some things that I really like about this. Obviously, it's from the 80s. It's dated. Um, but it was, I, it was kind of like a little bit ahead of its time, I think, because there um, – she basically didn't like – the story that I got, at least from research that I did, was that she didn't like, the author didn't like the books that were out there, so sort of made her own, um, which is a lot of what we talk about, not liking what's out there and just doing it yourself. Um, but basically what I like about it is it's just like, tell me about sex, Grandma. It's just about sex. It's not about um, conception and pregnancy. Like they Both books do mention that that can be something that happens when you have sex, but it's not centered around that, which a lot of the books I think are. Um it's interactive, which is really cool. So it asks kids questions. There's a part where they're talking about sexuality and they're saying like some people, and this might, might, may or may not be a conversation you want to have with your kids. Again, edit books. But there are like some people, you know, think that that's wrong. Like, what do you think? Um, or, you know, there are different, or even like there's part, again, like I think this is a pick and choose book like that I might use in supplement to another book or certain pages. But like, there's even a page that's talking about your body and it's like, go look at your body in a mirror. Like what are your parts? You know, what do you look like? Whatever. Um, and so I like that it's sort of interactive. Uh, I find that kind of, kind of interesting as opposed to books that are more leaving that up to the grownups. Um, if you're a grownup who maybe needs a little more guidance, uh, I think it's, you know, it's helpful in that way. I also appreciate it has this like not I don't want to say like focus on pleasure that sounds weird but like it doesn't it includes the fact that sex is pleasurable um which a lot of the books don't a lot of the other books that I saw um focus on the more sort of like where did I come from how to babies were made kind of books uh focused on sex being a thing to make babies and this doesn't you know necessarily it's it says that that's a possibility um but it doesn't, you know, say that that's the only kind of, uh, or that that's the only reason you would maybe want to have sex, which I appreciate. Um, it's also more, um, 
like as opposed to telling me about sex grandma that's like a storybook this is a little bit more like it's got chapters so it has chapters like your body nudity touching what's sexy orgasm all these different things um it also includes masturbation they talk about privacy um they also which i think is very sweet like they talk about partners and like things that you might do with a person that you like you know like go out together or do things which i think is a cute addition to that um but I, they also talk about birth control, which I don't know of any of, have, has that, has, you know, any other books that talk about birth control? No. I haven't seen that. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't seen it anywhere. Yeah. It basically says if a man, and, and it's very, one of, one of the things about this book in my room to grow is that it's very binary, but um, there's a little yeah. like asterisk sexual intercourse that says if a man and a woman want to have intercourse and they don't want to make a baby they usually use some kind of birth control you can ask your mom or dad or another grown-up to tell you about birth control so they can sort of like pass like tap out of that one but they do say that it exists gendered in the way that it talks about like these are boys sex parts and these are girls yes. sex parts and yeah, i'm that's... really taken aback by that because i feel like i've tried to undo that language a lot in my family um, yeah. from the get-go to be like girls have penises and boys have breasts and that's not a necessarily a boy part or a girl part but I think almost I've found at least that almost all of the books do that that are like um, I think they do that in like the other two that we're going to talk about in a minute mm-hmm. um, yeah and a lot of the books that are about body parts unfortunately like I'm not giving this book a, a uh, what do you call it? Like a A pass pass. on that? Thank you. Um, But I think it's also like a product of its time. And that's one of the things that maybe like I, like I was saying before, I feel like this is a book to pick and choose from. I don't think this is a book to read from start to finish. Um, And I think this is a book that needs editing. So I would white out and replace some of the words in this book. And it's a PDF. So you certainly can. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I I, they also use the word vulva, which I haven't seen in a lot of books. And they explain the difference between a vulva and a vagina, which I appreciate. And there's like illustrations of different body parts. So there's like all different, you know, penises and all different vulvas and all different breasts. Um, and for at least for the penises and the vulvas, they're like, you know, which one like looks most closely to yours or like, because ex- I think they're at least with vulvas, like I grew up like, I, I don't know. I didn't know what a vulva was supposed to look like, like what they looked like. Like, I think I was probably in my... I don't know, like mid twenties before I like learned that there are different ways they could look like we don't like people drawing penises everywhere, but like, you know, I I thought that that was like an interesting addition. Um, But anyway, can we talk about the page real fast though? Oh, that says on this page, you can write some daydreams about a person or some people you might want to have sex with when you grow up. I don't see that. It might be in the second. So she also, the the playbook for kids about sex, which is very similar, but also available in just PDF. Oh, that one. That, so that's a different. Is it completely that one different? I don't have. I mean, yeah. Okay. I think it's like an additional. Maybe she wrote it after she wrote Let the me... first one. I can send it to both of you. Okay. But as as far as my room to grows for this book, before we talk about the other one, um, I think it's definitely very binary, meaning so this idea, right, that there's a gender binary, that there's only two genders, boys and girls. And it's very like, 
like you were saying, like boys have penises and girls have vulvas and it's very like mom, your mom and your dad and your, you know, so it's, it's very um, binary. It doesn't really, and sort of in the same, in the same way, it's very cis normative, right? Cisgender meaning not transgender. Um, so it's very like, there doesn't really leave a lot of room for trans folks. Um and it's also, like I was saying, with the mom and dad thing, it's very, like, there's a tiny piece in the back of it about sexuality, but it's pretty heteronormative um, throughout the book. Like, the part about intercourse is only about a man and a woman. But then in the back, they're like, but you can like whoever you want. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of a weird disconnect. Um, and there isn't any, there also isn't really room for intersex folks. Uh, intersex being folks uh, folks who might have different sex characteristics that don't match up with what is traditionally seen as male or female. I'm using air quotes all over the place that no one can see for this audio medium. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are sort of my... Did, did you have other things to say about this book? Crystal, you seem like you had a lot to say about this book. I have a lot of feelings about it, which I think part of them might be some of what you pointed to in that it was written in the 80s and so yeah. there are generational things just even about what's come into consciousness around intersectionality and mm-hmm. um language and even shifts in language like for instance i don't see anywhere in either of these the word queer no um and which <laughs> i think is ev- it's like evident of the era where there's like homosexual and a picture of two men and homosexual and in parentheses it says lesbian and I'm of the era where like I know almost no one who identifies as lesbian anymore even though I know a lot of people who identified as lesbian 17 years ago um and that bisexual homosexual or heterosexual are the only options yeah um, and I, that's I, even like broken down further in, in this book of like bi goes with, gay goes with, straight goes with. Um, yeah, I know. Again, I think it's definitely a book to pick and choose what parts you use, like, which is honestly what I love about it being a PDF because you could literally just throw pages away and you don't have to feel bad about them or not print them out. Um, or, I mean, or use it. I feel like this is a book that you use to open up conversations about like, oh, now, you know, there's another word that we might use, or you might hear these other words or things like that, but it's definitely not the be-all end-all to these books, for sure. I think that the part that really I find most challenging (laughs) about this book, apart from its exclusion of, like, transgender and intersex people, which, Mm -hmm. um, as you say, it could be edited, um, is, and this could be, like, my own like just work around how do we talk about sex with kids mm-hmm. stuff like part part of it is probably that but part of it I think I'm not I don't know that I am ready to advocate for talking to young children about asking them to imagine what they think is sexy who they think is sexy who they imagine having sex with like that crosses a line for me, I would say, even though I would advocate for absolutely having frank conversations with young children, even about what's a sex toy and what is masturbation and what is sex. I think all those things are Mm -hmm. 
totally appropriate topics like to talk to children about so that they don't develop shame around like what sex is and being able to talk about it but i it does cross kind of a line for me i think to and i think that's in the like, i think that's in the playbook that they ask you to like imagine yeah i don't that's not in the kids first book about sex i i don't remember it being I'm there sorry that i'm conflating them yeah no and that's okay i mean they're written by the same person and they're uh-huh. very similar but one the playbook is more like um like a workbook right whereas the kids first book about sex while it is has those interactive bits is more like a book that you would sit down and read got it oh um, my gosh sorry i just am flipping through the playbook and i and it's like underlined it's like every boy has a penis i know right that's what i was like i was kind of taken aback by it that's like very um, aggressive the underlining makes it very aggressive there, like, <laughs> there are parts of it that i find like oh yeah like um here's all these illustrated images of opportunities to masturbate and what that looks like like riding a little horsey or <laughs> yeah. like squeezing a toy between your legs. And those are things that I've talked about with my adult friends as mm-hmm. like things that we did when we were kids yeah, and that nobody ever talked totally. to us about. So I think that yep. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Again, I think the bottom line is it's a pick and choose kind of book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Shimmy up a what? polar banister. I just really like it. I think that like the gender underlining in the playbook along with when I got to the like, it crosses the line for me when it says like, it's like trying to define what sexy is. And then it's like, now you imagine, what do you think is sexy and who do you want to have sex with? And then I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's something also that I liked about tell me about sex grandmother is the line where it's like, you're the boss of your body and you get to choose who you have sex with. But then the grandma's like, no sex with anyone unless they say they want to and no sex ever with kids. It's harmful. It's against the law. And anyone who tells you differently is lying. Hmm. Good job, grandma. Yeah, grandma. (laughs) And she has like her sassy finger up too. She's like, no. I'm like, yeah, yes, correct. I love how um, that, let's talk about sex grandma, just to say, I think the title of that book even, like the whole premise is really radical. Because we tend to think about old people as not being sexual anymore. And that the child, it's just radical in that like there's a child adult conversation even happening. And that it's happening between the young child and the grandma, I think is really cool. I Yeah, that's great. I think that's what is missing from this. Yeah. Any blank book that I feel like in trying to normalize sex and sexuality it there's a little bit of a I think it crosses the line in a way that feels totally inappropriate to me yeah I think that part like you were saying it's that specific part about like asking kids like I don't think kids need to be imagining who they want to have sex and and this might be different if you were talking to you're using this like a teenager and I guess it depends on your values as a family and all a lot of different things. And then is it appropriate Um, for the adult in your life to be asking you those questions too? Can you draw a picture of something or some person you think is sexy? (laughs) (laughs) If if someone read this to me when I was in elementary school, it would have been Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. I was obsessed with him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Anyway, and on that note, um, Rebecca, do you want to go ahead and talk about your uh, your book? 
Sure. So um, the title that I chose for our discussion about sex and consent is C is for Consent, which was written by Eleanor, Dr. Eleanor Morrison and illustrated by Faye Orlov, and it was published by Phonics with Finn in 2018. Consent is such a fundamental and foundational topic to discuss with young, young children um, because, well, for for a number of reasons, I'm just going to throw out a couple of statistics. Um, According to RAIN, one in nine girls and one in 53 boys under the age of 18 experience sexual abuse or sexual assault at the hands of an adult. Um, According to the Office on Women's Health, one in five women in college experience sexual assault, and those numbers are actually um, very Um, underreported. And finally, uh, according to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, one in five women and one in 71 men will be raped at some point in their lives, and those numbers jump um, dramatically um, if if the individual is... um, a member of the LGBTQI community. And in addition, nearly one in 10 women has been raped by an intimate partner in her lifetime. Um, And all of that is, again, from the National Sexual Violence Resource Center. And so given all of those statistics, uh, it seems very foundational that that children need to learn about consent, um, about the fact that they have the right to not be touched in any way. And also they need to respect the boundaries of others, um, both children and adults in their lives. And so C is for consent was published in 2018. And um, what I like about this title, um, well, I'll just start to say that it is a board book. So it's something that can be on the shelves of a child starting from, from day one. Uh, something that that folks can be encouraged to read with children, um, maybe folks that need to hear the messaging as well, that need to hear that they need to not force their kisses on their grandchildren or their their friends. Um, and it's something that children should sort of grow up just understanding um, that they have the right to to be authorities on of their own bodies and to protect and respect boundaries. Um, the book was intentionally written by the author about um, the kind of it features a white family. Um, and the author says, Dr. Morrison says, um, I made him a white boy very intentionally. This is in an interview that she did with the conscious child. Mm. I made him a white boy very intentionally because I wanted to optimally engage the young audience who will, unfortunately, grow up to wield the most privilege unless culture changes dramatically in the next two decades. I made his best friend a little girl of color, and I had him model consent by asking before holding her hand. So that is, um, that's kind of the author's take on why she chose. And she is um, a white woman. So um mm-hmm. She chose to feature a white child for that reason. Um, But the party that the child attends um, is kind of has a lot of representation. So the book itself features um, people of color, um, people who use wheelchairs, um, et cetera, et cetera, um, and both young and old um, party goers alike. The art is kind of simple, um, like kind of would say deceptively simple. It mm. is done in a kind of a 
almost a retro looking way. Like it kind of reminded me of maybe something I would pick up in the 80s, um, kind of has this Mattel vibe to it. Um, but Faye Orlove is um, an, an illustrator, according to her website. She runs a nonprofit art and education space called Junior High in Los Angeles, and the space aims to amplify marginalized voices um, and also keeps a transparent record of its finances. So um, both the author and illustrator are, are white women who seem to be invested in kind of uh, doing this work in um, in, a, in an effort to be very transparent and also as intersectional as possible. And so the book has very simple languaging, and I think it works for children um, and adults of, of, of all ages. I love that. Yeah, I had seen that when I was doing my research. Um, I was looking uh, for books about consent. And that's one that I've never had my hands on, but I would love to because it looks great. I've only read like an, I've only seen a video of someone doing a review of it and sort of going through like you just did basically and sort of going through the good and bad things. Um, but it seems really great. And I love that it's a board book because like you were saying, you can have it for younger kids, which is really nice. Yes. And I think I might have stumbled across the same review that you watched. Um, there might only be mm. one. Um, I don't know if we should give a shout out. We can link to the, maybe the review in our yeah. show notes. But one of one of um, that reviewer's critique was that was that she felt that it was not an appropriate topic for very young children, and I actually strongly disagree with her on that. I think mm-hmm. it's exactly a topic for young children, and exactly the kind of book that should just be part of the the rotation. And it's done in such a the languaging is so kind of matter of fact and simple. Um, that I think it's exactly what what very young children need to hear. You, I would have to watch the video to be sure, but and the the channel is Sex Ed Rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just looking it up real quick, but I thought what she was saying was more that the maybe that the way that things were worded and stuff felt like a little more complex than a board. And I don't know. I mean, I'm the kind of person who like when I I teach. To, you know, one-year-olds about Black History Month, I don't think they're going away with a, you know, complex understanding of slavery and oppression, but like, I still, I'll talk to kids about anything. Um, and I'll read things that might technically be for older levels to younger kids. I still think that's valuable. But I thought more of what she was saying was that it was like, um, maybe not level appropriate, like not the, con- not the co- like concept of consent, but the level of maybe the words or the way it was being described. But I don't know, again, because I haven't seen the book itself. We'll we'll have to talk about that on our new upcoming podcast, Review the Reviewer, where we just critique other people's reviews of things. (laughs) Oh my God. Stay tuned. Yes. We're going to just have 20 podcasts by the time this is over. Right. (laughs) Um, But anyway, what I was starting to say is we were talking about C is for consent. And um, so... The book that I always see for this topic is Your Body Belongs to You, and I really don't like that book. Why? I have some issues with it, and I feel like it's very, it's very like, talk to your mommy and daddy, like it's very, you know, um, heteronormative, and it's very binary again, which a lot of these books are, Um, and it's also, it's another, you know, another story about a white family, which again, I don't know about the author that's a good question who's the author of that cornelia maud spellman so i do not know the race of the author or the background of the author uh, from her amazon thumbnail she presents as white okay um so i mean that would make sense that you know but it, that uh the family is white 
Um, I also don't know about the illustrator, but at any rate, um, I, at any rate, it's just like another book about the white family. I'm kind of like over, I don't know. Again, like you were saying, it would be nice to hear it from another voice. Um, right. I, I appreciate, I appreciate that Dr. Morrison engages with kind of her rationale behind it and did it made a thoughtful decision but of course that doesn't change the fact that that just it adds another another book you know featuring a white male protagonist yeah. to the bookshelf and I, th- I think the thing that bothered me the most about your body belongs to you sort of as like the be all end all you know I feel like I've seen it a lot sort of on the top of like lists about consent um and the thing that bothers me is it just says it says, you know, oh, you don't have to hug or kiss someone, but it doesn't give other options. It's not like you can give a friendly wave. You can give a high five. You can, you know, just say hi. Like I like, I, I guess I have a preference for books that, you know, aren't just like, you don't have to do this, but it also gives other ideas. Right. Um, and Sia's for Consent has a great spread that shows, you know, an example, like in all of these little, little illustrated bubbles mm-hmm. of a fist bump, a high, mm-hmm. you know, a high five, a handshake, a nothing like a child with their arm, arms crossed being like, no, <laughs> do not want to be touched. Thank you very much. I yeah. appreciate the gift you just gave me. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I love that. There's awesome. also in the, um, in the rad coloring book, which is the coloring book that we um, put out, there is a page like that too. That's like, there are lots of ways to say hello, ask before touching someone else's body. And it's like the same kind of thing. Um, you put out I, a coloring book? Yeah. Uh, cool. it's, it's really small. It's really short. It's just five pages. Um, it was a, a backer reward, mm. uh, but, but it's available. I think it's, I have to double check the prices now, but it's only a couple of dollars. Um, you can download it or you can get, I still have copies of it. We printed it. We did a limited print of it. We did 25 copies. Um, but Yeah. That's we a want thing. our hands on that. But the books that I do like for consent are actually both by Janine Sanders, who I don't know if either of you are familiar with, but one is called No Means No, and that's like a picture book for more younger kids. And the other one is called um, Boundaries, Consent, and Respect. Let's talk about body boundaries, consent, and respect is the full title. Mm-hmm. Um, and those I found to be really comprehensive. Um, and it was nice that, they, that she had like a book for – um, the two, you know, a little bit of an older level and a little bit of a younger level. Uh, but again, I haven't been able to get my hands fully on those, but I have looked at um, reviews and read-throughs of those online. I really love, there's one more book that I don't think is perfect in this nature, but it's called Miles is the Boss of His Body, mm-hmm. which you might have seen around too, I, which is is not perfect again, but I do like that a lot of these books that we're talking about are approaching the idea of consent and sex in a really didactic fashion. And Miles is presented in this really narrative story, realistic story even, where it's like brings you into his family and it's his birthday and his brother's giving him noogies and he, the like <laughs> pizza guy is coming dressed as a chicken and is giving him like birthday tickles. And it's, it's really like campy and um, like, funny and kind of an annoying way but it also tells the story in in a way that I think kids can relate to in a way that um feels a little bit more readable than some of the like I see as consent I think is a really important book and I like it but it also feels like very lesson oriented 
right. in a way that makes it less a book that my kid wants to pull off the shelf at nighttime. Right. Whereas something like Miles is the Boss of His Body is a little annoying, I would say, but teaches like a, simi- <laughs> a similar lesson in a really narrative way. Yeah, sort of in the way we were talking about the difference between like Tell Me About Sex Grandma versus some of the other books that were more lesson oriented as opposed to a narrative. Right. right. Yeah. And I think they're both very valid, but um, for different, you know, you use them for different things. Absolutely. And some kids are really, really drawn to nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Like they want to just scroll through and point to a picture and say, what is that about rather than following a story? So yeah. there's absolutely room for both on the shelf. Yeah, one of one of my uh, one of my very close friends, Teffer, who was actually on one of our very first episodes, perhaps the first episode about family, um, has a daughter, and <laughs> their daughter is very very interested in bodies and sex and how babies are made. They just had um, a little brother, and they will eat up any anything they can get their hands on, um, and they love nonfiction. And they're just like, I've never seen a kid be just so enveloped in in nonfiction just like very interested in bodies and so I think um it's totally valid uh that some kids are definitely more drawn to that do we want to talk a little bit about um so I have I have where did I come from and what's the big secret yeah and I don't know uh, if we have enough time to talk about pregnancy and conception it depends on how much time you guys have should we talk, can we, should we just mention these three titles as three titles that come up even when just not necessarily talking about pregnancy and conception, but each of them grab, like, t- touches on like sex and consent yeah, sure. a little bit and just, just to name them and say. Yeah, because we did talk about them. I mentioned them earlier because I got, I conflated the two episodes in my head. Right, right. Cause, uh, yeah, because each of them, each each of them has pages that discuss that discuss touching and sex. And actually, I think that the the where did I come from? Like its description of of sex is like, I mean, obviously, again, completely heteronormative and completely binary. Um, but it is, I think, some of the most accessible, like kid accessible mm. language. Um, however. Mm-hmm. It does have this problematic. You know, all of them are just very like yeah. this hetero binary. Yeah, and like the image is like the man on top of the woman, and then it says, "I wrote this in quotes, putting his penis inside her vagina." Like sex is something that happens to the woman, which is what happens a lot in books, right? And it was interesting. We were talking about this in the last episode. Was that uh, like one of the guests um, was mentioning how they always felt like. Like sex was something that was going to happen to them because that's how it's always, it's often presented. That's a really um, good point. Yeah, and then I found that in other books too, not just this one. Um, but I thought that was, and again, it's like edit, you know, edit your words, change your words, and there are still some things from there that I think are valid. Um, right. But that was very like jarring to me when I read it. I was like enough that I wrote it in quotes. <laughs> right. No, that's that brings up such a good point. I like had not even I had not considered that that facet of the hetero like that facet of the binary you know that like kind of man as actor woman as receiver yeah Um, I had actually like read right over that that's a really important point and I probably also would have if Izzy hadn't mentioned it um but when Izzy said that I was like oh yeah yeah, I'm it makes me now. I'm now. I'm wanting to see exactly like who who is the verb in these other 
Well, the, I, what I liked about It's Not the Stork is the woman is actually on top in the picture. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, right. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, and it's his toes that are like splayed out. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Me too. Um, I guess I borrowed it from my friend whose kid is obsessed with this. <laughs> That's so funny. I was like, you have all those books. Can I have them? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was disappointed. Um, I, I was in touch with, uh, what's her name? I was in touch with B.B. Kosman, who is an editor at Candlewick, which is mm-hmm. um, who publishes these Robbie Harris uh, mm. books. Um, and I was not, I had not imagined it in a fever dream. There is going to be an updated version. Yeah. Um, there will be an updated edition of It's Perfectly Normal. And mm-hmm. there'll be an updated edition of It's So Amazing. And those, the intention behind both of those, it says, according to um, uh, a letter to the editor that Robbie Harris wrote to the Hornbook, um, Ms. Harris says, the next new edition of It's Perfectly Normal will take a holistic, beyond-the-male-female binary approach to the subject matter, beginning with the Who Are You chapter and continuing throughout our book. Um, it will come true. A brand new edition will be published in fall 2020. This greatly expanded edition contains more updated text and art than we've ever included before. It also incorporates all the gender language um, that Kitty Flynn refers to in her article. So um, there'll be an updated version that is intend- intending to be more inclusive. But not of it's, it's not but the story. not of it's not the story. That's very exactly. disappointing. And I know that they do update them every couple of years, every so often with new stuff, which is great. Um, but but it's, ve- it's been very slow, I think, the <laughs> updates. Right, right. And this one, right, because so It's Not the Stork was not published until 2006. So it is the only mm-hmm. version that has never had an update. Hmm. The others had, I think, a 15 or a 20-year anniversary edition. Oh, wow. Um, so this was the most recent book. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping I would love to see... Um, Robbie Harris do an updated, more inclusive It's Not the Stork. And I'm hoping that is coming down the pike because of course these um, that needs to be norm normalized Yeah, um, beginning when children are very young. Like we were saying, it's all good and well to be able to edit books, but it's also important for kids to see themselves in books. Exactly. Uh, in books and, and we, you know, we shouldn't have to edit them into books, right? Absolutely. They're going to notice that, right? They're going to start to be able to, on the one hand, I think, you know, someone brought this up once in an episode where they were saying, because I was saying, right, it gets up until they can read and all of a sudden they realize they're like, that's not what that says. Um, and on the one hand, it can be a good thing because you can say, yeah, you're right. Why do you think I changed that? Um, mm-hmm. and have a conversation about it. But on the other hand, I think kids are going to notice if they have to be edited into books all the time. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a little bit othering to have yeah. to be the, the part of the book that's written in ballpoint pen we'll, over yeah, we'll a white like, strip. We'll do like crystal. We'll glue, we'll glue pictures. Yay. In. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's like a, that's like a, yeah, but, but yes. So, but let's all like ha- putting the burden on, individuals to modify Mm. these books um is you know we it's it's it is all well and good and important that we have the agency and the like wherewithal and foresight to do that but we would what we really need to see is a shift in the industry toward publishing books that are already 
It reminds me, this is going to be a silly analogy, but it reminds me of buying pants as a short person. I hate spending $40, $50, $60 on pants and then having to pay to have them altered or having to alter them myself. I don't want to buy a book for however much money and then have to alter it to fit my needs. That's a fantastic analogy, yeah. right? Like it's it, if if something is not designed for you, like it puts yeah. more burden upon you as an individual to have to make the world fit you, and that's not yeah. for your pants and fit often, you. I know, <laughs> but I'm and, and it often is the marginalized folks, right, who are having to do then do more work because they're not. It's essentially work. always the marginalized folks. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother can of worms that we don't have enough time to dig into. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, does anyone else have anything to add before we close things up? I well I did have two other books just to make mention of. I don't yeah. know. Okay, so um one of them is called What's the Big Secret? Talking mm-hmm. about sex with girls and boys. And it's by Lori Krasny Brown, who has a doctorate or an education. It's Lori Krasny Brown, um, a doctorate of education, and Mark Brown. Um, and it was published by Little Brown and Company in 1997. And um, I just want to do a little review of it, just solely because it, like every, like many of the others we've talked about, it's very. Um, binary it's very heteronormative and it's very um like gender essentialist um even when it's saying that it's not gender essentialist it's like unclear like it says maybe the way to tell them apart meaning boys and girls which is already of course this binary girls and boys do play in different ways sometimes but not always um and then um there's a page where it's showing can you tell them apart by the feelings they show? Maybe boys are not supposed to get scared for they might be called a sissy if they do. Maybe girls are not supposed to get mad for they might be called too wild if they do. Not really. So like they set up this, this gender essentialist. And then, and then the way that they ostensibly dismantle that is by ending the paragraph with the words, not really. While there's a picture of a guy in a football uniform saying, are we done? And a little girl in a pink dress. And now we have to deal with like explaining what sissy means and why right. that's problematic and introducing right. it. And, and, but, and so I, I, I bring that up to all that to say that there is a spread, which we don't always see. There is a spread in this book on touching and enjoying the body and the way it feels. And it talks mm. about masturbation um, it talks about touching others and it does talk about, it doesn't say the word consent, but it does say whoever you touch has feelings too. If someone doesn't want to mm. be touched then respect his or her wishes. So like I applaud them the way to go for their, their spread on touching and consent and masturbation. But um, this book is so problematic in other ways that I cannot, I cannot recommend it. I love, I love the, um, the very diplomatic way you said that I cannot recommend it at this time. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here. This is such a rich conversation. This is a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you for having us. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited uh, for the next one.
Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Sass. And we're the host of The Last Stretch, a sports podcast. It's a podcast where we're going to talk about, well, sports. Specifically, what we do look at is what makes an athlete be the best that they can be. So not only do we talk to some athletes, but we talk to the people behind the athletes, from trainers to sports psychologists, you name it, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about other issues revolving sports as well, hot button issues like concussions, maybe doping. Give us a listen. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. Um, can you wait on it? Oh, God, I don't know what I'm you know? Hi, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna wash my hands here. Uh, I know what you're wondering. What are you doing in my bathroom? Well, this is very easy to explain. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me just blow dry my hair here. Uh... I'm here to tell you about Lasers on the Ride podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcast. It's a mix of comedy, uh, interviews, and the existential drama that only real life can bring. Now I'm going to go take a shower. Goodbye.